0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card,
1: right this way,
0: it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff.
1: Well, NBA fans, the wait is over. NBA basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings Parlays, everyone's got a shot, at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code MANIX. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for just betting $5. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code MANIX. The crown is yours. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensed partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftKings.com/slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so I'm down here in Dallas. Just finished watching the Clippers play for the second time during the James Harden era. Caught them play uh, earlier in the week when they played in New York at Madison Square Garden. They lost that game to the Knicks. They lost this game tonight to the Dallas Mavericks. Three straight losses now the Clippers have opened this Harden era up with. And uh, we've got to talk about it because there are some really bad warning signs right now for the la clippers on both sides of the ball what happened tonight in dallas was ugly and it didn't look like it was going to be ugly early on the start of this game the clippers looked like they might have turned a corner first quarter they got off to a hot start james harden got off to a hot start 14 points three of three from the floor two of two from three point range got to the free throw line six times at one point the clippers led by 12 and you started to think watching that game, right, maybe this is what the Clippers can really look like. Maybe this is what this offense can really look like. Not so much, because after that, it was all downhill. There was a stretch at the end of the first quarter into, I think, the early third, where the Mavericks scored 58 points and the Clippers had 20. There was one point where the Mavericks went on, I think it was a 31 to 5 run. 31-5. 31-5. to five. Who goes on runs like that? And we're talking about the Mavericks here, too. Not to disrespect the Mavericks during this uh, taping, but uh, the Mavericks are not exactly the 90s Pistons when it comes to defense. I mean, they're just a game removed from Jason Kidd calling them soft and saying they weren't a great defensive team. They looked like an elite defensive team, at least for the first three quarters against uh, against the Clippers. And that's where this game ended. I mean, Ty Lue threw in the towel at the end of the third quarter. A minute to go in the third, he pulled the starters, put the bench guys in. That's where they stayed. Uh, till the end of the game. So this was a three-quarter game that, for the last two-plus, was dominated by the Mavericks. So we're starting to see some trends emerge with the Clippers that have to be disconcerted to Ty Lue and to that front office. It starts with the defense. Uh, go back to the Knicks game. The Knicks shot 47% from the field in that game, 38% from three. That's not good. The Clippers committed 22 turnovers. Some of that you can excuse, because it was James Harden's first game, and he was trying to incorporate himself and his style of play on the fly to that Clippers team. So the 22 turnovers were bad. There were a big reason the Clippers lost, but you can kind of look past that a little bit. The defense was a little better in the second game against Brooklyn. The Nets shot just 40% from the floor, did shoot 37% from three, so that's something to be wary of. But, you know, the Clippers' defense wasn't awful. The offense was awful. They had 15 turnovers in that game. Didn't crack 100 points for the second game in a row. As this team continued to try to, you know, figure out the right way to play alongside James Harden. This Mavericks game, this was like the worst of both worlds. It was defensively, the Mavs shot 52 percent from the floor, 45 percent for from three. That's the totality of what Dallas did in this game. Just look at the first three quarters, which was really the ball game. And the Mavs shot 56% from the floor and 51% from three. The Clippers overall were eight of 27 from beyond the three point line. That's sub 30%. So they could not get their offense going in this game. And their defense was absolutely hapless, absolutely hapless against the Mavericks offense, which, you know, by the way, the Mavericks offense is actually pretty good. So. Let's talk about the concerns and what this team needs to fix in order to get itself onto the level that they believe that Harden trade put them on. Offensively, they've got to move the ball. The games I've watched of the LA Clippers you know, over these last three, the ball movement has been non-existent. It has been one pass shot, no pass shot. At times, most of the time, when the Clippers made a second pass, Often it was because they had to, because the 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 ball handler got gobbled up and he had nowhere to go and he's looking around and he has to make a pass and it leads to a contested, you know, three-point attempt or a contested mid-range mid jump shot. Uh they gotta find a way to have a coherent offense. I know the Clippers have a lot of elite one-on-one players, but in the NBA, it really doesn't matter how many great one-on-one players you have if that's all you're doing. Not a lot of teams succeed when their offense is isolation heavy. Not a lot of teams succeed when it's just one pass, two pass, and that's it. The Clippers, that's who they are right now. They're bringing the ball up the floor. They're throwing one pass. Whoever gets that pass, they isolate. They're throwing to Kawhi Leonard or Paul George at the elbow, and then Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just go. These are talented guys. But if the defense knows that's exactly what you're going to do, they're going to be able to scheme against it. And most of the good defensive teams are going to find a way to stop it. So offensively, they're going to get that ball movement going. Defensively, they've just got to be better. And, and that's a bigger concern to me defensively. I can see a, a a path where this Clippers team becomes really good offensively because they do have good offensive players. And Ty Lue is a good coach. But defensively, yikes. Like, where are the stops coming from in the backcourt? Uh, you know, Russell Westbrook, below average defender. James Harden, below average defender. You do have Kawhi. You do have Paul George. They're plus defenders, but they also don't have much size on that front line. Avika Zubak is the only real big man they have on the roster right now, now that Mason Plumley is out for the next couple of months. P.J. Tucker, I like a lot. I think he's going to be valuable for them if they get into the postseason and have to defend Kevin Durant. He can uh, defend Nikola Jokic and stretches as well, but he is not built to be a 30-35 to 35 minute per game center for this team. So they've got some real problems up front with, uh, with the size. That's something they're going to have to address because the rebounding, that's a big time issue. Their transition d- decision defense was also an issue. Every time they missed, it seemed like the Mavericks were grabbing the ball out of the basket and they were just going. Those numbers were terrific for Dallas as they've been for other teams against the Clippers uh, as of late. So, you know, some of this stuff will certainly get rectified over time. Give James Harden another week, two weeks let him get more acclimated. Tyloo did say on Monday in New York that, hey, you've got to give us 10 games. 10 games is when we're going to know what we have with this group. It's only been three, but these three games have been really, really bad. That's for sure. And as I look at this roster, I don't know how it gets much better. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers right now from the third quarter, and that's where this game, you know, got really, really out of hand. The third quarter only numbers are just staggeringly bad. Mavericks in the third quarter scored 38 points, uh, 58% from the floor, 55% from three. The Clippers were able to keep pace offensively, but they gave up 58% shooting, 55% shooting from three-point range. Uh, All-around numbers bad. Go back to the second quarter, and a quarter that was actually a lot worse. The second quarter was a lot worse for the LA Clippers. In the second quarter, Dallas shoots 64% from the field, 60% from three, 90% from the free throw line, nine of 10. Uh, The overall plus minus for the Mavericks was plus 29. Uh, They out rebounded uh, the Clippers 16 to eight in that quarter. The turnovers favored the Clippers or favorite, I guess favored Dallas five to two, five turnovers to the Clippers two for the Mavericks in that second quarter where things really got away from the Clippers 31.6% shooting 14.3% from three. They score 18 points. In that quarter, tough to win when you're having quarters like that. And that quarter reminded me of the fourth quarter against New York because that was a competitive game against the Knicks through three quarters. The fourth quarter comes around, and the Clippers' defense just collapses. Well, it collapsed again in the second quarter against Dallas, and there's not a lot of reason to believe it won't collapse in future quarters because this is not a team that is loaded with plus defenders. This is a team that in the backcourt, the guys they want to play, are not great defensive players. Now, why is this a problem? Because look around the Western conference right now, who is a bad team in the Western conference? San Antonio's bad. They've been bad for a little while. They're starting to get beat up a little bit. And Victor Wembanyama not getting exposed, but you know, teams are starting to take advantage of that team defensively. Uh, Houston was supposed to be bad. Houston's got a five game winning streak right now. Houston's got Eme Udoka as his head coach. Houston has a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. Now that may not hold up over the long term, but right now they're a pretty good team and they're a young team that is growing in confidence. Portland—they've been hot and cold. You know, Deandre Ayton started to become a force on the glass. They're just—the point is there aren't any gimmies in the Western Conference for the LA Clippers, so they can go home and that will certainly help them. But if they've got to play New Orleans and Phoenix and the Lakers, and you go back to the bottom of the bracket. You know Memphis, when they get John Morant back, is going to be better. This is going to be a problem for the Clippers unless Ty Lue can figure out how to get a cohesive offense moving and figure out how to make this team at least average defensively. They can be good enough offensively to overcome some defensive deficiencies, but right now they are so bad defensively that unless they figure out that end of the floor, this season is not going to end the way the Clippers hoped it would.